0: We've been looking at what does it mean to be a disciple, Um, and we've been looking at the words of Jesus in the book of Mark as he has uh, called us uh, to a new lifestyle of discipleship, not to a new lifestyle of belief. Um, He uses the word belief, but his word belief is always within the context of a, a new Uh, walk in life. Uh, Belief is never meant to be an acknowledgement of Jesus or an acknowledgement of God or a new philosophy of life, but it was a call uh, to follow Him. And, And so we've been looking at what does it mean to be a disciple in the words of Jesus? And we've seen that it is, first of all, absolutely necessary It's not an optional thing. It's not something you can say a prayer and accept Christ into your heart and then you're covered and you can kind of, uh, as long as you're good enough, you can live uh, on your own. It was always a call uh, to come and deny yourself and completely surrender yourself to following Jesus. Um, It was a, uh, a, a necessary thing. Not an optional thing for those that just want to, to go a lot deeper, that those that just like to be on the extreme. No, this is for every single Christian. And, and so if we are not discipling, we are not Christians. Uh, we may uh, have a, a uh, uh, definition of ourself as a Christian, but that does not make us a Christian just because you call yourself a Christian or believe in Jesus And we know the great verses that it says even even Satan and the demons believe in Jesus. Um, And yet uh, they tremble because they know uh, that they are not following Him. In fact, they refuse to follow Him. Um, And uh, many times we deceive ourselves in the same way. We also saw that being a disciple means that there's a response We cannot be a disciple and not respond to what he asks us. Uh, That when he calls us, we respond. And we saw the disciples uh, in that day. that They dropped their nets. They left their dad. They got out of the fishing boat. When Jesus called and said, follow me, um, there needs to be a response. Um, It's not something that we put on our calendar. Okay, you know what? I'll do that. I need to do this. That's a good idea, God. I read my Bible, and yeah, that looks good. I'll put that as a to-do list. No. If we're a disciple... When Jesus touches our heart, and you know what's right, and you know what the Spirit is calling you, you need to respond. Um, It is a responsive life. It is a life that responds to the Spirit of God. It is a life that responds to the Word of God. And we begin to see that in our life. And I'm telling you, you can see that in people's lives. Do they respond, uh, or do they just live a religious Christian life, um, but yet there's never a response the third thing is that we know that discipleship is costly. If we are to respond, there is a cost. Uh, there's never a disciple that does not pay a cost. There's never a following of Jesus that is just a, a little kumbaya huddle with God. This is such a great life. Because Jesus said this, in life, there will be troubles. That's pretty definitive. If you follow Jesus, he said, the world hated me why do you think it's not going to hate you? You are going to, when you pay that cost, um, uh, it is going to be a, a, an absolute. It's not if, it's when uh, that comes. And so we have to be willing to, to pay that cost. But it's like anything in life. When there's something you want, you're always willing to pay the cost. And, it, and it's worth it. You know what? You save up money for that trip that you've always wanted to take, and it's worth it. Jesus is saying, why am I not worth the cost that I'm asking you to pay? Whenever we talk to people about, you know what, giving up some time. You can't do the same thing. You've got to be willing to sacrifice your schedule, sacrifice some money. All of a sudden, that's such a big deal. It's so hard for people. I'm so busy. I have then you know what that's saying is that Jesus is not worth it to you. Then you're not really a disciple because a disciple, Jesus, is worth everything. And, and so we are willing to pay that, that cost. Uh, last week, we saw that being a disciple is not a lone wolf thing. Being a disciple uh, is, is all about being part of a family. You cannot be a disciple and not bind yourself to the family. And it doesn't and we talked about it, the family. You know, there's a lot of people that, that like to visit. We all have friends that come over, and, and, and we love spending time with one another. But you know what they go home. And they're good friends, but they're not family. And I think some of us, we come to church, and you know what? We come to church and we love being together, but you're not family because you have refused to root yourself in the family. See, family is rooted together. Um, They don't go home. They live with one another. Uh, They they see one another's bad sides and and they live with those things day in and day out. That's family. That's immediate family. And I'm not talking about grandkids and uncles and aunts. Some of us we want to be, that's the kind of Christians we want to be. I want to be like that good aunt that comes around at that time and and is always like, you know what, the saying is that God has no grandkids. God has no aunts and uncles. There are only sons and daughters. If we are to be a disciple, it must be in the context of community uh, and and a community that is dedicated to one another, not just in and out. And and so that is what a disciple is. Um, Today we're going to look at the last one in this series um, as we look at uh, the words of Jesus again in Mark. And now we've come to the very last chapter of Mark. And this is what Jesus said, and it's his last words before he uh, went back to heaven and left them to follow him still, even though he was not going to be here on earth, uh, we are still following him, we are still called to be disciples, and, uh, but yet uh, in a new way, together as a family, and this is what he said. He said to them in Mark chapter 16, and many of us know this verse, uh, it is called the Great Commission. He said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So as disciples, we see this picture of being a disciple. He is speaking to all of his followers. He was not just speaking to the the, the 11 that was there. Um, And uh, and the few others that were along with him The the, the ladies and his mom And and we know that there were others that were following him But this is a word to anyone who would follow Jesus If you're going to follow me You need to go into the world And preach the gospel to the whole creation And so we see being a disciple Cannot be separated from being missional you cannot say that's just for some of the disciples. That's a job. See, this was not a certain job that some people have. Now, there's some things being a disciple that is not your job. Some of us, we've been given gifts in different areas and that we are to use. So, no, every job in the church is not for every disciple, but every disciple is to have a job in the church. Uh, but this is for every disciple. This is not a, uh, a specific job. Gifting or working in the church, but this is the very vision and purpose of the church, and that is to be missional. And missional simply means we have a purpose, and our goal is to share this with everyone, that everyone is invited to be part of this family, to be a disciple, that we are to go and, and make disciples. And, and so these words of Jesus, to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, is the foundation of each one of our walks as a disciple. So each one of us, we need to ask ourselves, how am I accomplishing this mission that God has given me? Um, now, how we accomplish it may be different. So even though we have the same mission, um, there are going to be different ways that we do it, but we are still going out and accomplishing this mission. Now, I'm going to take these same words, even though we are in the book of Mark, we need to expand this and look at what is this missional idea of discipleship really look like. And so we're going to go over to the same, same words that Jesus spoke, but Matthew. Uh, Gave a little bit bigger explanation of what he said They don't contradict each other But um, uh, they both heard the same things But Mark wrote down part of it And Matthew wrote down another part that we're going to look at And we're going to expound on what it means uh, to be a missional disciple So in Matthew chapter 28 Again at the end of the book uh, Starting in verse 18 This is what Matthew says that Jesus said about being a disciple He said Even to the end of the age. So this is the full definition of what it means to be missional. And the way to remember this, and I think there's there's four key points that we can apply to our life. And they are in this word all. Because in this statement, there are four significant alls that Jesus gives them. And he uses this over and over again. Four times does he say all. Um, the first time, of course, uh, we see that uh, in going, we need to remember that all authority is what Jesus talks about. And he says, all authority has been given to me. All authority is in Jesus. Um, now, this kind of r- brings them back in their mind. They've heard this before. Because earlier, before he was crucified, uh, Jesus told them that all authority has been given to me. And I give you that same authority so that you can uh, uh, proclaim forgiveness, uh, that you can unlock and you can lock spiritual truth, um, and I give you that authority. I've given you the keys uh, uh, to the kingdom, um, is what he told Peter. And, and so when he says again in this sense that I have all authority, he reminds them of what he said before, first of all, that you need to understand that that I am sending you out, you are to be a disciple in this world, not because of your own authority, but because of his authority. And so as we live our life, we need to have a confidence and a boldness to understand that everything I do in the name of Jesus is because he has authority, He has authority over everything in creation. We need to understand that because we go to places and we're afraid. Well, what if I, you know, they're not going to like me because in this culture, if you speak up about Jesus, you know, you need to understand that Jesus has all authority. Yes, you're going to face pushback, but no matter what they do, we need to understand that we are on the right side. We need to stop being fearful of what man can do and start understanding God's in control. So when we're afraid to talk about Jesus, when we're ashamed of him or or how people are going to take it, you need to stop and be reminded. This is what Jesus was reminding them. You have authority. Um, You have. Now, it does not mean Jesus showed us what authority looked like. Just because Jesus has authority, what did he show us that authority looked like? Authority looked like servanthood. Authority does not mean you go out and you tell people how it's going to be. Hey, limit. Don't tell me what to do. This is how it's going to be, and I've got authority from Jesus. That's not what Jesus is talking about because Jesus said this is what authority looks like. Let me wash your feet. Authority is not about taking control. Authority is having the confidence to be a servant, to love, and to give of yourself because you know that God has everything in his hands. And so when we are told that God has authority, we need to have boldness to go into this world and shine the love of Jesus. Not to beat people over the head with it, but to love them, to show them that God did not come to condemn them, but God came to rescue them and to pull them out and to warn them. And sometimes they don't like the warning, and I understand that, but you can't stop warning them because God is still the answer and the rescue to life. I know they talked to, I don't know if you knew this, but Ronald Reagan, uh, one of our greatest presidents, uh, had many jobs in his life before he was president. We know that he was an actor, and and before he was an actor, when he was young, I don't know if you knew this, he was a lifeguard, Um, and uh, he spent a lot of time uh, on the beach and and in the pools and being a lifeguard, and they asked him one time, what was the worst thing about uh, being a lifeguard when you would go to rescue someone, he says, the natural and almost all common response when I had to rescue someone is that they did not want to be rescued. That whenever you rescue them, they always fight back. And it makes no sense, but yet his job was to rescue them. He never said, oh, okay, never mind, I left them out there. He said he rescued every one of them even when they didn't want it. You see, that's where we need to understand that our authority uh, is, is not to, uh, to uh, cause them to do what we want them to do, but to see them in compassion and love, to bring rescue uh, to them. But yet, sometimes they're not going to want to be rescued. Um, and, and so sometimes there are techniques that you have to learn uh, in, in bringing them uh, to that without... Uh, 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 You know, you don't knock them out, okay, now I'll drag you out of the water uh, uh, unconscious, Uh, but to learn to work with them, to calm them down, right, to to get them to accept that. And it's the same thing in our life as a Christian. We go out into the world with this power to rescue, but we need to learn to speak in love and to speak in compassion. Um, When Jesus says not only does he have all authority, I think we need to ask ourselves as disciples, you're not living your life for yourself. I think God is reminding us, Jesus is reminding that as you go in this world, your mission is not to do what you think is right. You are to do what God says. Does Jesus have all authority in your life? Jesus says, I have all. Remember the word all, authority. I think many of us, we have given Jesus authority in our life, but we've left out that word all. And Jesus says, here's what a disciple looks like. I have all authority. Does Jesus have all authority? If he has all authority in our life, then we will go in the world and begin to share the love of Christ. We must be witnesses because he has all authority. But not only that, but Jesus says this. He says, "I have all authority." And so if therefore if he has all authority over all the world, this is what he's saying. Not only do I have authority over it, but I love them. And who does he love? I love them all." He says, "You not only go to the people you like, but go to all nations. We are called to be a disciple who shares the love of God with all people. all nations, all people, all cultures, all personalities, all uh, uh, socio-economic people, the rich, the poor. The fun people and the angry people. Every person in our life, we are called to share Christ, to be Christ to them. Um, We need to begin to to break down barriers of people. And I know there are many of us that we don't even see ourselves as having barriers. Um, And it's not just racism. I know that's a big thing in, in our culture today that we deal with it. And we do need to deal with it. We do need to come against racism, and and there are things in our life that we don't even see that we have. There are are very subtle things just because of the way we've been raised and what we've been around, and we need God to show us. God, show me what is in my life that that separates me from some people. But for many of us, it's not racism. Um, It it may not be the color of their skin. Um, It may not be uh, the language that they speak, but it could just be you know what, the way they act, that person just, you know what, someone else will reach them. And we need to be very careful when we put these things that sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing that to some people, that we're putting people in categories. We define them. We box them. Um, that, that's this person and that's this. And God says, you need to understand that I came for all people. If we are to be a disciple of Christ, we need to have new eyes to see all People, in this compassionate, heart-wrenching, desperate love of God, that He says, "I've called you to go to all nations," and even if it is a different nation, you know who knows if God puts something in our heart that man, there's just something I'm called to go to Mexico, or I'm called to go overseas. You know, we do need still missionaries that are willing to go. Everywhere, to every person, but even here in the United States, which is now something like the third most lost nation in all of the world. We are the biggest mission field than anywhere else, more than Africa, Asia, anywhere else. There are more lost people in America now. There are more people in America that don't even know Jesus. You go back as little as 25 years ago. And you speak to everyone, everyone had probably been in a church at some point in their life. There was just a natural, yeah, they knew Jesus. They knew what it was about. Now they don't even know what Jesus is about. And they live in America, they live around us. So we are called to all people. And I'm talking all ages. In the high schools where you go to school, where you go to work, where you go uh, to, to play. We need to begin to see all people. We need to pray, God, give me an eye for all people. Everyone I come across, there's something that I can share. We are called to go to all nations. This is what a disciple looks like. A disciple does not come to church and then do their own life and then stay in their own home. We need to break out of that box and begin to see people, not in our authority and not the way I want to, but in the authority of Christ and through the eyes of God. Not only all nations, but the next thing he said is, and when you go to them, I want you to remind them and teach them to observe all of my commands that I have shown you. In other words, what he's saying is, I am not asking you just to go out and rescue them and they... they Accept Christ and, okay, you're good to go. No, you're, that's not all that I have for them. We are to love people beyond the knowledge of Christ. And, and this is a combination of back what we talked about yesterday, uh, last week about community. Discipling is more than just preaching the gospel and making sure they're saved and baptized. He talks about that. But he says, but then also... Share all my commands. Now, what are the commands he's talking about? Is he talking about just making people that are good? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not uh, commit adultery. Thou shalt not lust. Thou shalt not covet. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about all the commands that you observed in me. In other words, he's talking more about the commands of love one another, bear one another's burdens, um, be kind to one another, begin to uh, uh, lift up one another. Uh, These are the commands that they observed in Jesus in fact he said all the commands are are summarized in two things love God with all your heart your soul your strength your mind and love your neighbor as yourself And, and so if we are to be discipling other people it is about pouring our life into their life not just hey you need to get saved say this prayer okay good all right you're saved but are we willing then to say, man, what else do you need from me? What can I do for these people? And that includes those in the church because we are never finished discipling one another. Um, It is as we begin to grow together, Jesus put it this way, I'm the vine, you're the branches. So we need to begin to grow together so that we might produce fruit. Um, So not only missional does not mean just getting people saved, but it is seeing people grow in the Lord, bringing them into the body of Christ, being that connection that, that, that introduces them to the rest of the community. But the problem is if we're not part of the community, how can we introduce them to the community? How can we get them grafted in if we're not grafted in to the tree that God is growing? And, and, and so this part of making disciples the word there uh, in Mark and in Matthew where it said go out and, and preach the gospel, making disciples, um, uh, the word there, making disciples, is a, it is an uh, ongoing present tense. In other words, it should be saying uh, be always making disciples who are making disciples. It is an ongoing kind of multiplicatory thing that we are to be uh, uh, constantly reproducing uh, we're not just to get people saved but we are to, to begin to bring other people in who then turn around and bring other people in that we just keep giving out we are like a, a tree that keeps shooting out new branches uh, to reach more people so we can only do that if we are sharing our life with one another because we are then teaching one another to observe all the commands that God has given us To begin to live all the life that Jesus has shown us. So these all commands are are not the Ten Commandments that just focus on us. I can live my life within the Ten Commandments. But Jesus said, no, teach them to observe all the commands that, that I have shown you. And what he spoke was all the one another's. This is how we live our life. This is how we begin to speak into one another and begin to grow. So this is what a disciple looks like. Someone who is giving themselves into one another so that we are all learning to grow in the commands of Jesus. That means some people need to be teaching me. I need to be learning even deeper ways to observe the commands of Jesus. We are all learning while we are all teaching and leading others. And if you don't have someone that you are speaking into their life, then are we really discipling? Are you really being missional? If you are not helping someone else grow in the Lord, and not just, I'm not talking about saying you need to stop doing this, but I'm talking grow in the Lord. How can I pray with you? How can I stand alongside? How can we together grow? That is what Jesus is looking at as a disciple. That is what it means to make disciples, um, that I am growing as I begin to speak in to someone in my life. And yes, it starts with our own children, starts with our grandchildren, but it also starts with our neighbors, Um, those around us, our workers. Are you speaking into their life even before they're saved? You know, much of what God is talking is even pre-salvation. You can disciple someone before they're even saved. Do you know that? You can begin to prepare them in, in different ways as you begin to live your life before them. So that when they do, they already have this understanding of what it looks like to be a disciple. Well, not only does he say focus on all commands, but the last thing, he says, kind of comes back around to the beginning. How do we go into all nations and teach them all that God wants us to teach them? I can't even remember all the commands that God Jesus says, and I'm not good at myself. Here's what he says. And lo, I am with you always. So here's the last all is always. Whenever you are being a disciple, you're not alone. Jesus says, I'm with you. You don't have to do it in your own strength. If you're afraid of what you don't know what to say, you don't have to worry about it because if you just trust me, the Holy Spirit will be with you always. That even when you think you are messing up, God is using your mess ups to speak into someone's life that it is still growing fruit even when you don't realize it because I am with you always. So I want to encourage you, if you are willing to go out into the world and be a, a, a missional disciple, Jesus says, when you are willing to do that, when you step out, I will be with you always. Always. means all time. Not just. Certain times, and I think sometimes we forget that. He's with us always. You are never alone. God's love, God's purpose, His hand is on you always. If you will determine in your heart to be a disciple, if you long and hunger for Him, He will be with you always. He will equip you. He will anoint you. He even gave them this encouragement. He says when, when they arrest you, when they bring you before people, you know what, you don't even have to think what to say it's just going to automatically, the Spirit is just going to speak through you. And you know, I know sometimes we're afraid of what I'm going to say, but if you truly trust God, the Holy Spirit will speak through you. All you have to do is truly hunger for God and follow Him and be a disciple who has given up their life and been willing to give, pay the cost and love others and reach out to others and go to all people. And when you do that, Jesus is with you. Always. This is when the Holy Spirit dwells within our heart because that is His promise. That we are never alone. That whatever you accomplish, even when you feel like you're a failure, you have planted what God has wanted you to do because He is with you. He is with us always. When we feel alone, when we feel like failures, when we feel like we've blown it, when we feel like we're hurt and angry, Jesus wants you to know, I'm with you always. Just follow me. That's all we have to do. Follow him. And God will bring it to pass. Are we living a missional life? See, what he says is, as you follow him, we lead others. As we follow Jesus, are we willing to go and lead others and bring that that word to others and begin to share what God has done with you with those in your life? That's what it looks like to follow him. And I just want to follow him. When we follow him and share with others, Jesus is with us. To the very end of the age, he will never leave us. What greater promise is that? So let's follow. And as we follow, let's go and lead others. And lead them to the greatest life that they could ever imagine. The life through Jesus. Let's bow our heads.